All right. Welcome back, everybody. We have our first female guest today, Brittany Falk. And it is an honor to have her on. It's been a very inspiring to follow her on social media. Guys, go follow her. Everyone go check her out if you do not already. But we get into a lot of the details, where she's from and what she's done. So I'm not going to give you more of an introduction. We're just going to get right into it. We got Brittany Falk. Let's go. It's kind of that cold season right now. Mm-hmm. Coming back it's like here. Weird, the weird allergy season. I'm used to being warm and comfortable. Dude, I'm so jealous that you have that, like, blessed with that ability to go back and forth between Florida and here. Oh, it's that's r- awesome. It's ridiculous. I'm yeah. so I'm so lucky to be able to yeah. do that. I can't. I don't know if I can do the winter anymore. Like I love it here. Yeah. I love Minnesota. Everything yeah. about it. But it's just cold. It is for like eight months too. I know. And it's it's like the bone chilling cold too, where you walk out even when you're in you know two pairs of sweatpants and a sweatshirt and a jacket, and you're still like, oh my gosh, it's so cold. So cold. I know. It's freezing, but. You know, it comes with really awesome summers, you yeah, know, and really true. active summers too. Um, yeah. There's, there, you know, there's ways to make the winters worth it, but you have to have like that, you know, ability to continue to just get yourself outside and do active things in the winter. So you actually go outside and stuff? Um, yes. Uh, snowmobiling for sure is something right. that I love to do. Um, I am, I'm one of those people that I, I just... Being outside is a very empowering thing, you know, get at least getting outside and even just walking. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, there were definitely times in the winter where I bundled up and walked and just kind of embraced it for what it was worth, but it, it was worth it, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you're stronger than me. You got to get outside, but (laughs) I don't know if I'd be doing the cold. I I would rather be walking the beaches, but sometimes you got, you got a white beach to walk. (laughs) (laughs) You got to do it. All right. Well, welcome. We have uh, Miss Brittany Falk in the house today. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. It's sunshiny out. It's good. Yeah. We got a nice day here and it's a really pleasure to have you on. I've been following you for a long time and go back to our Minnetonka days. So thanks so much for coming over. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Um, let's just get right into, you know, where, where have you been? Where'd you go to school after Minnetonka and kind of what are you up to now? Yeah. So, um, right after Minnetonka, I went to Stevens Point, Wisconsin, um, graduated in four and a half years. I went there with a, um, a different idea than what I actually graduated with. I ended up changing my mind about four or five times. Okay. Like I think a lot of people do. Common. Um, very common. Um, swimming was something that has been a constant in my life um, ever since I was a very, very young girl. Um, swam all the way through high school competitively and then swam into college as well. So um, I used them up by four years of eligibility. And then I, you know, thought I was going to kind of follow this standard protocol of, you know, like you graduate college, you either come home or you get a job and you work nine to five and you do your thing. And, you know, I tried to force myself into this idea of what I thought other people wanted me to do. Um, and I actually got connected with a woman who, um, had her own events planning company. Um, and fortunately enough, she was also somebody who was kind of like a big name in the, you know, the events world, and um, we did a lot of work with the Super Bowl when Super Bowl is in town in Minneapolis, which was okay. really cool to kind of be a part of that. You know, working with big clients like HB Fuller and American Express and yeah. like big companies like that, um, and it was different day to day. You know, which I love that 
variety, um, that dynamic that you don't really, it's not like the same thing over and over again. Um, what a cool experience. Yes, for sure. Um, and also at the same time, you know, I came out of college and as far as like training is concerned and like fitness and wellness, cause that's a huge part of my life now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started going to the gym and started training. Um, and I, <clears throat> excuse me, that's okay. I found, um, I met my bodybuilding coach who coached me through my first bodybuilding show, which was a really awesome and fun experience. Um, and from there, you know, fitness kind of just kept, kept it, it stayed in my life. It was mm-hmm. something that I knew, you know, it was a passion of mine for sure to develop my own, you know, personal wellness internally, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and it kept presenting itself in my life over and over again. Um, and I'm a very spiritual, religious person and my faith is a huge part of my life. Uh, and I kept, you know, hearing and seeing God being like, Brittany, here you go here's your, here's your chance. Like, this is your opportunity. And I kept kind of either saying no or veering off or, you know, yeah, you push it off. Yeah. yeah, And, um, and finally I just kind of put my hands up and there was one instance that I couldn't deny it anymore. And I just went for it. And it's been that ever since. And I've not honestly not turned back. It's and you're been, talking about the health and fitness, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, which, because now I'm watching you and you're working out with the F45 and you got Brits bitch in kitchen. Oh and yeah, you're really rocking it and living it. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's been a process from that point. I mean, it definitely has, and I think you know, with anyone's life, you know, it's it's the journey and the process of becoming mm-hmm. becoming what that's up to you, right. you know, and it's. It's a cool. It's a cool thing, you know, to look back on your own life and to see, you know, all of the instances and the things that you've done to get you to where you are now, and then realize that there's more to go and there's more to develop too. Mm. And it's, we're always becoming, right? Like, yeah. it never ends. You're never. always working for more. Absolutely. What are you uh, striving for? I know you're really into the health and wellness. Um, what does the future look like, or what's kind of a five year goal? Um, the future and the five-year goal, um, that is something that, you know, is still developing in my mind, um, and my head. I really want to create a community of people or a, a space for people to, you know, come together and to develop themselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, Mm. um, and to really, not necessarily find themselves, but realize that the potential that they've are looking for has really always been within them the entire time. Just pull it out of that. Right. Exactly. Yes. Um, what does that look like? I'm not exactly sure. Um, I'm, you know, currently helping people with food and nutrition and helping, you know, things like that. And obviously coaching at F45 and helping people in, you know, the movement category as well. But there's something else that is tied within all of that, that like spiritual and kind of like emotional that that vibe, you know, that you get, um, that I really want to tap into and make available to people. And I think we're on a similar path trying to build a community and just really trying to make a difference. Um, and it's all a growth process for sure. Absolutely. But you say these four words, you have, uh, I'm here for you, right? Mm -hmm. You say four words to live by, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, where did that come from? And like, where does this drive to help others come from? Yeah. So the I'm here for you is, I think I was thinking about that actually on the way here. And something that I think has been in me for a long time. Um, my family definitely has a big influence on the I'm here for you. Um, 
words in the sense um, I watched my parents always do what they could, go the extra mile for anybody in their life, whether that was somebody that they were working with, working for, a friend. Um, but I always, you know, looking back on my life and growing up, I always had this feeling in me, like, how can I make an impact on anybody who I meet, anybody who mm-hmm. I encounter? How can I be the best version of myself to show people that they can also be the best versions of themselves too? Yeah. So. And when you're doing it yourself, mm-hmm. like, and I think that's the most powerful way to show change is like, how can I become the best and then show people that there's possible to become their best version or like, I'm sure you're, you're leading by example. And I think that's what you're doing really well right now, sure. especially just leading by example Yeah, and showing like that passion that you have to help others. Like, yeah. is there a certain group of people that you really want to help the most or is it just kind of anyone? Um, so I definitely, you know, thinking back the when i first you know tried to answer this question um it became i want to help the young female athlete hmm. you know but as i started to help more people and as i started to communicate with more people and talk to more people about you know the struggles that they have um body image is a huge was a huge part of my life and is a huge part of my life and i've realized that that you know that struggle doesn't discriminate against age or race or gender or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And it, it affects anybody and everybody. So yes. So yes and no, I do have a, a, like a a demographic of people I want to inspire and help. But at the end of the day, like I want to help as many people as I can, because I don't think, you know, it should be these people and not that people, you know, it's like, how can everybody has something to learn from someone, whether it's good or bad in their life. And like, that's, you know, yeah, I, anyone. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we all struggle, especially with the body image thing. Mm-hmm. Like everyone struggles with that. So that's definitely a near and dear thing that could reach a lot of people. Yeah. And when we were talking the other day, you talked about body image. Like when you were growing up, you were always just a little bit bigger, even as like a little kid. Mm-hmm. And that thing kind of stuck with you and shaped uh, your mentality a little bit. You want to talk about that experience? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, growing up, I was always, you know, the the bigger kid. It was actually in my preschool. There was two Britneys, and I was always the I was the bigger Britney, and so they just called Britney? they they called me Big B, which okay. you know that nickname stuck with me for a while. And not that it is bad, but I think you know you start to think about as you get older and you start to see how society plays a role in, you know, popularity of kids when you're in elementary school and in mm-hmm. high school and you want to be like the popular kids and then you want like either boys or girls to like you and then mm-hmm. you kind of get you get trapped into this idea that okay, well I have to look a certain way to get the attention that you think you need. Yeah, it's a shitty game, isn't it? It is. It? It yeah. is. It's really unfortunate and, you know, it it sucks and I can't imagine what it's like now being in elementary school or middle school or high school with the access to technology mm. and information that there is now. Um, Cause you know, kids can be mean. And I think having that technology kind of amplifies that by a lot. For sure. That's such a good point. Yeah. I haven't really thought about how the technology is like affecting kids and like bullying and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's gotta be tough. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess the bigger beat like that, that must've stuck with you a little bit. Like people probably did that out of endearment. Like they probably, it was probably a term of like, Oh, it's just, they didn't like think anything right. bad about it. No, not at all. Um, but I think you know, as I as I grew up and looking back, I've always been rather intuitive and kind of thought about things differently. And um, 
done things differently than a lot of people. Not in a good way or a better way or a bad way. It just, it was different. And um, what I started to, you know, realize was that the word big doesn't necessarily have to mean or have to have a negative connotation. The word big can mean you love big. Yeah. You have big energy. You are like beautifully big. You know, you're bold big. And so that's kind of what it has become for me. You know, one of the slogans I feel like of my life is like be bold and be strong. And so, you know, that's like right on your Instagram page, isn't it? Be bold and be be strong. Be strong. Yes. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So I think that's something we all struggle with, you know, our self-talk and kind of how we view ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's a very valid thing to have. What kind of things like have you grown in that area from how you used to talk to yourself or what kind of habits do you have that help with that? Yeah. So um, the personal self-talk and the narrative, if you will, that we all tell ourselves um, is different. And for me, the thing that I realized was the awareness kind of grew over time and the awareness of what I was really telling myself. And what I did was I started to write it down and I wrote down all of the things that I said to myself in a day and went back and read over it and almost, I mean, not almost, but literally started crying because I was like, I would never say this to a family member. I would never say this to a friend. And why am I allowing myself to say this to myself? Right. Because I'm such a huge believer that, you know, you create the reality that you live in. And if you're, you know, the reality is in your head Mm -hmm. most of the time, most all of the time. And that reality and like the things that you tell yourself in your head are the things that are going to come to fruition outside in your your life. Um, So it was the awareness, you know, of what I was really telling myself about, you know, my body and what I was telling myself that I was choosing to believe about what normal is supposed to look like or what beautiful is supposed to look like when, you know, those things are so subjective to different people. And that's such a powerful message of like writing down your thoughts because we all talk negative to ourselves all the time. And just to get out of that, like I know my personal dialogue in the past used to be so negative. Yeah. Especially about image like, dude, you failed, you overate, you binge last night. Right. Like just so negative. And like you said, you never say that to other people. You never do. So why do we tell ourselves that? I don't know. I think, I think it's a, it's something maybe that it becomes easier to be negative hmm. than it is to be positive. You know, it's easier to fall into the trap of, oh, well, I'll just start tomorrow or I'll start on Monday because it allows you to live, you know, in the excuse realm Yeah. of, okay, well, it's okay for me to do this because I'm not, I'm not there yet. Or it's okay for me to, you know, eat these not good for me foods because I'm just going to start tomorrow anyway, you yeah. know, and I've been caught in that feeling too, a thousand times. Um, but cause it's, it's harder to know the things that you need to do to get the job done and actually execute it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been in that cycle too. Like Mm -hmm. when, before I really took my health seriously, like every day I'd wake up and I'd be like, okay, today's the day I'm going to eat really well. I'd kind of restrict myself for most of the day, just eat little amounts of food. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, I'm tired. And then it's just like, let loose whatever I want and wake up and do the same thing. It's like Mm -hmm. a cycle. Why do we like, that's such an interesting topic to me. Like, why do we give ourselves those excuses and talk? What was the, um, for you, what was the thing that like changed your mindset around that whole thing? 
Um, I think like when I started learning and growing and maybe I picked up some habits and made it a little bit easier, mm-hmm. like for me fasting, but then I didn't necessarily just like, cause the restrict binge mindset was really bad, but I was yeah. just like, okay, I'm going to fast till 11. But then at this point I'm going to dial in exactly what I want to eat. So mm-hmm. maybe it was a little bit of planning too. Yeah. And then just awareness of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Like I've, overall, you're like, okay, this is just not working for me. And A big part of it too also is I didn't know a lot about health and nutrition. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up in a house full of sugary donuts and, you know, everything. Like our pantry was loaded. Right. So I think just becoming educated on like what foods eat. Like in a pound of strawberries is only 145 calories. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, that'd probably be a good option instead of some chips. Right. Like, and and as you go, you just start to grow. Yeah. So it's kind of just a whole fold approach, but you just taking it more seriously. Yeah, you know? for sure. What about you? When you said you made the change in nutrition and it took it really seriously, mm-hmm. what kind of what kind of things made that difference? So for me, a huge thing is knowledge is power. Yes. And you know, if which goes back to awareness, right? Naturally, it does. Um, and so for me, I. At my heaviest, which I've made that post many times on Instagram. People can go back and look at it if they want to. It's there. It's it's in the open. It's there for everybody to see. Yes. Um, not in a bad way, but it's it's there. So, um, which I think is incredibly important. Kind of a sidetrack here, but you know, like I see you for how you look right now, not realizing that you might have had a completely different experience of your life and what it was five years ago, which is probably true, right? And same thing goes for me. You know, like I haven't always been this fit. I haven't always been this muscular. Like it's taken time to develop this Mm -hmm. and I haven't always been this mentally tough. I haven't always had this, you know, positive attitude about everything in life, but it's yes. taken time to develop that. Um, so going back to, you know, what the, the shift was for me, I, at my heaviest was almost 190 pounds, like, like pushing 190 and not okay. in, a, in a good way. Okay. <laughs> I was fluffy. I don't not ever, lean muscle. No, it wasn't lean muscle. Unfortunately, <laughs> no. Um, I, I'll never say that I was fat cause I wasn't, but I definitely had some nice fluff around the edges yes. and it was, you know, Bodacious, if you will. Um, And I went to one of my um, my annual check ins with my OB and got on the scale and kind of had one of those moments where I looked at the scale and I I realized like the number didn't really mean anything, but what meant something more was how I felt inside, Mm. and I realized that I wasn't performing at my best mentally, I wasn't performing at my best physically, emotionally, spiritually, like in all areas of my life that were incredibly important to me, I wasn't, I wasn't there. And it was kind of a hard conversation I had to have, have with myself of like, okay, you're here right now and we can't go back and change it, but we have to move forward from here. And I started to do a ton of research. Um, I will say that I, you know, I got into, you know, the Forks Over Knives documentary and got into a lot of documentaries, which, you know, have their value for sure. But also, you know, you kind of have to be careful when it comes to documentaries Mm -hmm. about who funds it, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, so what I started doing was I just started eliminating processed foods and I told myself that I was going to go vegetarian for two weeks just to see how I felt. And I felt awesome. Naturally, like weight fell off, you know, I was drinking more water, eating more fruits and vegetables, feeling better, feeling way more mentally clear with a ton of stuff. Awesome. Um, it, w- it was really cool. And that was kind of the 
introduction to Brit's Bitch and Kitchen, if you will, too. So, so before um, you dive into that, yeah. I just want to say, so we just talked about self-talk, like how yeah. we're negative to ourselves. What, like, what made you actually do it this time instead of being like, you know what, I'm just going to start tomorrow. You saw us, like, was it the event so like big that it was like, okay, now I need to make the change or like, how did you start? I mean, for me, it was, it was just, it was looking, it was taking a look at myself in the mirror, like having that long conversation of, okay, if you keep doing this, like what, like, what are you doing it for? What's your end goal with this? Mm. You know, like, why are you continuing to eat this way? And I really, you know, sat with myself and sat with those thoughts and, it's the awareness, huh? Yeah, it was. It was the awareness that, you know, okay, food got me to this point and food can get me out of it, mm. you know, which is, that's been my biggest thing, you know, helping people now with their nutrition. If you're, you know, dealing with binge eating or if you're dealing with emotional eating or just overeating in general, like food is, food is a, is a, is a standard in everybody's life. Mm-hmm. It has to be, but how can you do it and how can you enjoy it and how can you use it to fuel your body to make you feel better so you can do the things that you love to do longer? Nourish you, yes. Right, yeah. So I guess to answer that question specifically, it was just, it honestly was the awareness and the, the self-discipline that I was just, I was done making excuses for myself. Sometimes you just got to take a stand. Yeah. Like, this is enough. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there too. Um. So then you talked about your nutrition journey mm-hmm. and how documentaries kind of had their place yep. before. And now that you've grown, you're learning more and stuff. Uh, how has your mindset changed? Maybe about meat or just nutrition since you're kind of going vegan. Um, so I wasn't really vegan for a long period of time. And I was more so doing it just to see, you know, the effect that it had on my body um, and to be able to speak to it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that experiences, experiential learning is a huge, you know, catalyst for being able to speak about it to other people. Um, and I guess my opinion on meat has definitely changed and fluctuated throughout the years. I think, mm-hmm. you know, my opinion more so just on how our food system is set up and the quality of foods that we're getting mm-hmm. um, has definitely decreased over the years. Um I think at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to food nutrition and what you're putting in your body, just being aware of, again, back to awareness, um, of being aware of what you're putting in your body and knowing, you know, okay, is this fueling my body right now and what I'm doing? Um, Yeah, it's, I think, you know, the topic of protein and meat and things like that is definitely controversial controversial and can be very controversial. Um, But right now, I mean, I'm eating turkey and chicken and eggs and fish and things like that. Um, I don't eat a ton of red meat all the time, but I definitely don't, you know, stay away from it. Yeah. You have some of it. Right. But just making sure that when I do consume it, it's always, you know, as best as it can be. Yeah. Like I, I've definitely fluctuated with meat too, and I don't eat a ton of it, but like going for protein, like let's say you're really are trying to get protein numbers, like you're going for your physique challenge and you want to gain some muscle and you're training hard, like you need calories and protein. For sure. And meat's the best form of it. It has all the amino acids and it's a fantastic source. It's lean too. It's basically all protein. It's right. low calorie. So if you don't use that, are you supplementing? Do you like, are you using a lot of powders and stuff to kind of get your meat? Because for me, 
if I'm trying to hit protein numbers and not eating meat, like then you're going to need a couple shakes a day with protein powder or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, if you are um, vegan or vegetarian and you are trying, or you like that's one of your goals is to hit you know a higher protein number. Yeah, I think you inevitably will have to you know consume some sort of protein powder to at least help us and assist you to get to get you to that number. Um, are there people who do it without? Probably, um, but. I also think that you have to be really dialed into into your nutrition because so dialed in. you have to, and yes. you have to be very aware. You know, people talk about the protein in beans and the protein in broccoli, and you know there are proteins in plant based foods. I'm not going to yeah. deny that there are. You know, I I eat a lot of them, um, but they're also typically filled with higher carbohydrate counts too. So yes. just being aware of like what that effect has on your body and knowing okay. Yes, you can be vegan and be very, very healthy, but you can also be vegan and be very unhealthy too. You know, like you could be vegan and eat Oreos for the rest of your life. Yes, I mean, yeah. There's Just because you're on a diet doesn't mean that you're healthy for sure. And with the protein, I think a very good display is that rice and beans together, that makes a complete protein. It gives you all the amino acids that like a piece of chicken would. But for that rice and beans... For the same amount, let's say, as chicken, the rice and beans is going to have more calories, more carbohydrates, more total energy for your body compared to chicken, which is a lot lower calories for the same amount of protein. And if you're trying to lose weight and get cut, I mean, the chicken is just such an easier option. Yeah. So just to end it on meat, like if you like eat meat, that's that's awesome. If you love to do it, just make sure you're trying to get the quality as you were saying because. Right. If you really get to dive into the food supply conversation mm-hmm. and, and look into that. Oh, that's a rabbit hole. Yeah, it gets pretty ugly, doesn't it? It does, for sure. <laughs> Let's not go down that route. <laughs> I'll be fine with that. So you did you did the bodybuilding or the physique competition? Like you got really in shape, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. So um I mean doing a doing a bodybuilding show wasn't necessarily on my bucket list <laughs> yeah. of things, of like the life things, but I just, you know, the opportunity presented itself and I'm just such like a kind of go with the flow person sometimes that I was like, all right, cool. Like, let's do this. Like, let's see where this leads. You know, um, I vibed really well with my bodybuilding coach and, you know, trusted him, you know, to take me through it and to bring me out of it. The reverse diet is a huge part of all of that. Um, and yeah, it was, it was definitely a process. I got to a point, you know, in my training towards the end of it where you kind of, I just broke down. You know, and everybody has their different breaking point. Yeah. Um, just because when you, I mean, when you, even just hearing the word bodybuilding, right, that sport is exactly that. It's building your body to be the most muscular and defined that you can be, but have the least amount of body fat on you. So tough. At the same time. Yeah. And what I really fell in love with, two things within the process of it was the mental challenge that it presented and the kind of like the science project behind it all, you know, because as I've found everybody's, everybody's different and every body is different and, you know, different macros are going to make your body respond in different ways. And so it was really cool to, you know, go through three days of a low carb cycle and then like have one day where I was where I have it a refeed yes. and to see the body composition shift literally within not even 24 hours, like mm-hmm. wake up the next morning and look at my muscles and be like, Oh my gosh, like my, they're so full, you know, yes. like I have a ton of glycogen in them now, you know, and to see, okay, like okay, now we know how your body responds to this amount of carbs. Like now let's see how it responds to this. And then, you know, it's that fluctuating thing. Um, but yeah, it was a really, 
really cool experience, you know, dieting down for that. And on my show day, I went, um, you know, when it came time to step on stage, it was definitely terrifying, you know, like you're being judged by people who you've never met before about like your body composition. And that's, for sure. that's kind of a mind, a mind game in and of itself to a certain extent. Um, but I was fortunate enough growing up to have a father who taught me that your value is dependent on what God thinks of you and what you think of yourself and what nobody mm. else thinks of yourself and realizing that like you might not be everybody's favorite flavor of Skittle. Yes. <laughs> That's something that I want to put on a shirt one day, by the way. Yes. Um, the Skittle anyway, part is yeah, important. Exactly. Um, and... So, you know, stepping on stage, I had to, you have to have that awareness that, you know, you're bringing your best package that you've dieted down for, that you've trained for, that you, you know, went through the heat to get. And, you know, it's, it's ultimately up to you to present that best package on stage. So along with bodybuilding, you talk about posing and you have to be aware of what your body looks like in space without looking at a mirror. And so being able to make those mind to muscle connections and having that awareness within your body is, you know, something that you have to train yourself to do to be able to present that. So probably some funny movements walking around the house oh, and like getting yes. ready. <laughs> yes. I had to practice in my clear high heels all the oh time in the house. Gosh. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a funny, funny so, so I'm very interested because getting, you have to get extremely lean, yep. like you said. Yep. And when I get like like I've gotten down to like eight, seven percent body fat mm-hmm. for me, which is just really lean, and it's not super comfortable to maintain. And maybe I don't even know if it's that healthy. We could have that argument. Like, not saying people who are right. that's amazing, but like, right? Uh, so, w- what was it like, like mentally? Because for me, when I get down there, I'm hungry all the time. Mm-hmm. Your body's survival mode; it doesn't want to die. Yeah, like just right. on an evolutionary level. Well, yeah, like you said, the mental battle. How was that? Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely is a mental battle. And one of the shifts that you have to make, and I say you, but it's for me, it was my experience. One of the shifts that I had to make within my mind about food was that I started to look at food as fuel and not something that I could, I mean, I could enjoy it, yes, but I was, it was looking at it more of a perspective of like, okay, I'm doing this for a purpose. And my purpose is to bring the best thing that I can on stage. Mm-hmm. And so making that shift for me, for me really helped me to, you know, look at other foods that I wanted to eat, but also realize that those foods weren't going to serve the purpose that I was trying to get to, yeah, you know, which was incredibly hard because I also work at a restaurant on the weekends still. And when I was training for my bodybuilding show oh my gosh. and that restaurant, as you know, cause you've been there before yeah. Boulevard kitchen. Yeah. Boulevard kitchen and bar. Hey. Yeah. Really, really <laughs> awesome food. Really, really awesome servers. Really just awesome people all around, but, um, their food is fantastic mm. and qual- like quality consistency of the food every single time is amazing. Um, and I would, smell foods is what I would start to do because right as a server, you're just sniffing around. No, absolutely. We would do our pre-shifts in the, you know, before our shift started. And if we we had, you know, five new specials every two to three weeks. And as a server, you have to know what you're speaking about and you have to have to have that conversation about the flavors and be able to speak to those things, which, you know, that's where my Brit's bitch and kitchen tied back into then because I was able to, you know, speak about those things, but I had, instead of tasting it, I had to smell it, Mm. which you know, you start to talk about an experience with a meal, you know, that's 
I'm I'm tangenting right now. That's okay. It's barely part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I can Um, see how that would be an absolute battle. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was a struggle. And there would be times, you know, that I would sometimes, you know, I was at such a low body percent fat that, you know, like you said, your body's in survival mode and your body's like, okay, like I'm just, I'm thinking about the next meal. And then you're also thinking about other people's orders that you just took. And I, there was probably two or three times where I had to go back to the table and ask a woman, like if she wanted sugar in her iced tea, probably, you know, yeah, like things sure. like that. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a fun process. That's good. I mean, it's just a great experience to be able to do that. Yeah. The mental fortitude to be yeah. able to push yourself and get lean like that. Absolutely. And you mentioned like reverse dieting, mm-hmm. which is where a lot of just the average person who maybe doesn't, isn't getting the education, you know, they get super thin and then they just blow right back up because right. they're, they don't reverse diet. And that's mm-hmm. so important. It is. There's so many studies that show, you know, yo-yo dieting every time you lose and gain weight, each time you do that, it gets harder to lose weight and easier to gain weight. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was your reverse diet process? And like, can you just kind of talk to your experience with that? Yeah. So I'm going to be honest, my reverse diet wasn't that awesome. Wasn't that great. Okay. Um, I, you know, I tried slowly to try to add back in foods, but you know, I started to get into this like binge and then restrict and then binge and then restrict even more so. Mm. Um, and it was okay for a while, right? Because like your body, you're still at such a lean body mass and you can, I don't want to say afford to get away with it, but like I could go and eat, you know, a burger and fries and have a piece of cake and I would still have a six pack. Yeah. You're not seeing the negative no, you, effects yeah, of right. it. You don't, you don't see it yet. Yeah. Right. But you, if you consistently do that and, you know, consistently do I'll just allow yourself to go that route. It can be very uncomfortable. Um, I definitely didn't blow up necessarily like the normal, I guess w- what people would assume to like gain. Like I didn't, I didn't gain 20 pounds after. Yeah. Um, I definitely, you know, I, I think I did it smart, but I also wish if I could go back, I would have, you know, paid more attention to how it had a, an impact on my hormones. Because yeah. I think for me, especially being a female, you know, coming out of it, that was something that I didn't pay a ton of attention to. I just thought that, you know, I could just continue to go back to eating, you know, whatever I wanted to. And yes. Then, and that's so important for the hormones, especially with females. Yeah. Like when you get that lean, it starts really messing with some hormones. Mm-hmm. And if you come out of it like that, you know, thyroid, whatever it is, could... Yeah struggle to, you yeah. know, and you're bringing your, your metabolic rate so low when mm-hmm. you're there. So like you got to kind of build it back up. If you For just sure. jump back up, it might not catch up. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it was challenging for sure. It, I wish I, I wish I would have paid more attention to the hormone side of it, but, um, you know, it, it worked out. Yeah. Well, and then now you can have eat good foods again after yeah. all that time of restriction, like, I mean, sure. you gotta want to eat some stuff, like oh, you said, yeah. burgers and yeah. I went to Pizza Luce after my show. Yes, it was great. that must have been the best meal of your life. Oh my gosh, it was great. <laughs> but then you start to realize, you know, like, okay, is this, you know, really worth it? You know, eating these foods. Not right. to say that you can't enjoy them because you totally can, but what is the purpose of restrict, 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 and then just go and gorge yourself on it? Yeah, back to binge. Like, why do you do that? You know, it's interesting, you know, thinking back on that. And then I'm doing 75 hard right now. And then also I've done 75 hard before. And that's something too, that you get to day 76 and you ask yourself like, do I even need this? That's amazing. What's the, what's the end goal here? You know? Yeah. 
back to, again, the bodybuilding show, like my end goal was to look great on, on stage. My end goal now is to do, like I've said before, to do what I love for longer, you know? So how can you do that? And I think it's fueling your body the best way that you can. That's such a great point because I like I've done a couple two three day fasts and like when I come up the fast I notice my cravings are so much lower mm-hmm. and like I'll, I'll eventually just get back into my old habits with eating but it's just like you become so aware like why am I doing this mm-hmm. like it's just not it's not worth it yeah and you don't feel as good no and. If you can have that long-term health, like you said, you want to what do what you can for longer. Do what you love to do for as long as you can. Really? Absolutely. That's great. I'm trying yeah. to live to 120. I don't yeah. know what you're aiming for. I'll, one, I'll go 121, maybe. 121. Just to, just to kind of one up you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and it's just like making health more part of like long-term, and that's mm-hmm. that's just the key. Like making sure. it part of your identity. Like your identity is being healthy. Yes. And like every day you go and try to build on that identity. Mm-hmm. Which just makes it so much easier to live healthy, in my opinion. Yeah. When it becomes a lifestyle habit. Yeah, when it's sure. your lifestyle. Yeah. Like you, and you got Brit's Kitchen and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what if you just stopped and you just like started not living healthy? Like, your whole, everything you're doing would, yeah. it would just be so hard, like almost impossible for you to do. And I thought about that, too. Like, what if I just stopped doing everything that I'm doing? And I'm a huge believer that... You know, we were all born with gifts and talents and things that, from my belief system, like God gave you these gifts for a reason. And it would be incredibly selfish and detrimental to you as a person and as an individual if you just kept those in. It's like Mm. a secret, you know, like if you keep, you you know, like things to yourself that aren't meant to be kept to yourself, it's only going to hurt you in the long run, you know, and being able to share those things not only then makes you a better person, but then it helps other people be better versions of themselves too. Yeah. And it's like, it's hard to get out of your comfort zone. We were Mm -hmm. talking earlier, like trying to become a better speaker or like Mm -hmm. do more stuff on social media where it's face to face. Like it's hard to pull that out of you, but it's important, right? Yes, for sure. You get nervous. You do. You get a little nervous, but you know, because you're, you're putting yourself on the line. And I think it goes back to just that whole idea of acceptance, you know, and want to be wanting to be accepted and wanting to be loved for who you are and not judged for who you are, Yeah. you know, and not ridiculed for believing something that you believed two years ago or maybe 12 years ago. And maybe you changed your mind on something and that's okay. And just living in grace and living with grace. Living in grace, living with grace. I think the to have confidence, like true confidence is the ability to change your mind. Mm-hmm. Like if you're able to listen to a conversation, be like, oh, you know what? I was actually wrong about that. Let me think about this more and have the perspective to be like, you know what? Okay, that shows me confidence, not somebody who's just spewing their viewpoint. Right, away. exactly. Being able to be humble about your own thoughts and opinions and yeah. realize that you might not always be right. And, and that's just such, and I think like people like you and like uh, just other people in my community that I follow, mm-hmm. um, you can just tell the type of minds that they have when they're posting or whatever, like, are, are they gracious? Are they like saying, you know what, this isn't my, this isn't the fact, this is mm-hmm. just my opinion. And just like, you can just kind of get the mindset from someone like, you're just trying to help. I can tell that. Right. But sometimes maybe it's trying to spew bias or whatever. Mm-hmm. Kind of see that a lot on yeah, social media, you know? Totally. Absolutely. So what, uh, like, do you, uh, cause you're trying, I know you talked about getting out there more. You're trying to, you know, speak more and be a little bit more present on social media. What's mm-hmm. that going to look like? 
Um, I think that's going to, you know, look like me sharing more of my life and my, I guess, thoughts and opinions about things. Um, I think also, I'm, once I say this, I have to, I have to do it. So I'm going to, I'm just going to speak this into the world, into the universe right now, but I want to, um, I want to start like a YouTube cooking channel with Brit's Bitch and Kitchen. Okay. So that, that's probably going to be, you know, something that'll be coming up next. Um, and you know creating content for people to utilize to learn for themselves and develop in themselves you know whether that's learning a new recipe and finding you know okay i don't have green beans even though the recipe calls for green beans and like can i use green peppers absolutely mm, yeah, you know like you do. do do what you love and use the guidelines of other people to learn from it or grow from it you know so you now you have a little bit of accountability to get the youtube channel yep, going i do i set it out into the world so you should be cooking and talking talking yeah. about the recipes yeah i feel like it'll it'll probably be um a little bit more of you know kind of comical kind of informational and spiritual emotional mm-hmm. mental you know talking about just life in general and you know yeah kind of like sprinkling little life lessons throughout there so yeah just dance yeah. and put your own flavor right, on it exactly yeah. yeah just show that you can love you know what you do no matter what it is it's so important love what you do. your spirituality comes into a lot i can tell it For really sure. impacts you and stuff where did you get this strong faith or do you practice that yeah you know? so um i grew up in a christian home um we what I grew up going to a Lutheran um, church and was confirmed in a Lutheran church. Not that that means anything. Um, to some people, it does. I'm not yeah. going to negate the fact there. But I don't necessarily, you know, associate or um, identify with any like flavor of Christianity because there's many flavors of yeah. Christianity, um, as I've come to realize. And you know, I I'm a huge believer that everybody's on their own faith journey and at different points in their faith journey, whether they're not even there yet, or maybe that's not their thing and that's fine. Um, or maybe they're, you know, way far along and they've got everything figured out and good for them. You know, yeah. um, I've really spent the last couple of years, you know, redefining what my relationship with Christ looks like and what my, you know, the direction that I want to take that and how, he, how he wants to like, use me to fulfill his will you know mm-hmm. um but so have yeah, you it's always been, been religious like pretty steadily yeah i would say um it's it's definitely been something that i've been very close to at some times and then kind of been away from too, yeah. you know and kind of fallen back into things and then fallen out of things and um what i've realized you know just like with my health and wellness there was a point that i looked at my spirituality and my faith and realized that I was kind of living lukewarm. And that was a turning point for me. Like Jesus didn't die on the cross for nothing. And like he, you know, I am who I am and he's in me and I am in him. And how fair is it that, you know, he's loving me so much and I'm just not doing anything with it, you know, and I'm not like reciprocating that back. So yeah, it's definitely been a journey and it still is a journey for me. I mean, it's a day-to-day you know, a struggle and battle because I like to control things yeah. to a certain extent. Not that I'm a controlling person and individual, but I definitely like to be organized and have a plan. And, you know, I like to imagine that I can 
tell what the future is going to hold, but I can't, you know? And so giving up that control and knowing that, you know, I have to have faith to know that every single day is a, is a gift and you have to take and use it for what it's worth. Yeah. And I just, the power of belief, belief in anything is mm-hmm. so powerful. It pulls Absolutely. the best out of people when they have something else to strive for. Mm-hmm. And a great analogy I heard the other day um, was religion is like uh, water. Like most kids these days are getting waterboarded and nobody wants to be waterboarded. That sounds miserable. Right. But if you just dress it up into a beautiful glass of water on a hot day, I mean, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And water's essential. Right. Whether or not you're religious or whatever your beliefs, I'm sure there's many out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like the way we're packaging it, just is, are you giving someone a glass of water? Are you being like, here's how it helped me? Mm-hmm. You know, this is what's going on. This is what I believe. Or are you waterboarding people right. with your beliefs and your things? Because nobody wants that. And mm-hmm. I thought that was such a cool analogy of kind of the religious system right. and that whole thing. Yeah. Um, there have been moments, you know, where I've undoubtedly experienced the presence of God, the the presence of Christ, you know, in hard times. Um, there's also just funny instances where, for example, um, I was sitting in my apartment one day and, you know, going through my pictures and my photos and everything. And, you know, like you're trying to make an Instagram post and you're like, okay, like what about this filter? What about that filter? And then you start to wonder like, okay, what am I going to write about? Mm -hmm. And I was at this point and trying to figure out my filters and I had walked past a mirror in my apartment and I looked at the mirror and I looked back at my phone. I looked back at the mirror and I like heard there's this voice, this idea in my head that was like, you're so worried about the filter in front of you on your phone and you're not even worried about the filter that you're seeing yourself through your eyes with. Wow. You know, and it was, yeah. And it was one of those where I was like, okay, like I get it, you know? So just like moments like that where you, it, it's so ironic, the timing and the, the feeling and that idea that came that I was like, okay, I understand, you know, yes. I get it. It kind of, it's, it's just those moments of that continually humble me and really just kind of center me back to, okay, like this is your direction. This is your purpose. This is my will. Yeah. Brings you back to life. Yeah. Kinda brings you back sure. to the present moment, mm-hmm. especially in the world of technology. Oh my gosh. Like, Absolutely. Especially with all the, uh, like Instagram and stuff, you're trying to make a lot of content and mm-hmm. like, it's great. We're putting a lot of value out Absolutely. there, but it's time consuming, especially if you're being thoughtful about it. Yeah. Like, do you find yourself looking at your phone too much or do you, is there some things that you do where it's like, man, like kind of to, to keep a presence in your life? Yeah. I mean, I definitely am. I try to be aware of the amount of time that I spend on my phone when I'm around other people. Mm, um, so, you know, like when I'm spending time with people who I love or if I'm in a conversation with somebody and it's like, even having the phone on the table, in my opinion, is still a distraction, like whether it's face down or face up, because then you're you're showing that other person that your attention is still to that because it's on the table versus in your pocket or in your bag or in your purse or in your jacket or whatever away. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the industry that I'm in, you kind of have to be on your phone. You know, yeah. if I'm in the business to help people, 
you have to ask yourself the question, well, okay, well, how are people communicating with me to, so I can help them? Well, they're probably communicating with you via your phone because that's how they communicate too. Yes, for sure. So there is definitely a um, you know, percentage of my life that is totally centered around technology and my phone and screen time. Um, something that I'm definitely trying to weed out in the sense that you know getting rid of the time that I don't necessarily need to be like at the end of the night like scrolling through Instagram when I should be laying in bed reading or sleeping yeah um so that's been you know something for me that I've really tried to be like okay like I'm putting this away this is my time for me you know this is my time for me to read or journal or whatever yeah I think like when I'm with other people that's time where I need to get a lot better at this too um, it's always a growth process, mm-hmm. but like putting my phone away and just yeah. being present with people. And then when I'm by, I'm by myself, you know, mm-hmm. be able to do my stuff. And I was like with my dad the other day, we were just watching TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually last night during the draft. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm responding to somebody about a calendar. Like we're trying to book a podcast date. And then I had just a couple buddies asking me about what we're doing tomorrow. And I'm like, so lasered in and he's asking me questions. Mm-hmm. And I realized I'm like, holy shit. Like I was almost annoyed. I'm like, why are you asking me questions? I'm like doing this. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, mm-hmm. I'm not here right now. Like, I get right. that I, there's stuff you have to do mm-hmm. and there's time and place to calendar, but like, Absolutely. it's, it's 9.30 and I'm watching the draft with my dad. Like, what? Mm-hmm. those moments are important. Yes, absolutely. So it's hard. It's, it it's a practice. But that's, yeah. like you said, I, I really like that tip. Like, when you're mm-hmm. with people, don't get it out of there. Right. Yeah, and it's it's something that it's hard to, you know get away from because it becomes a habit of just checking your phone. And sometimes I find myself checking my phone, going to look at the time and I don't even check the time. I just see if I got a notification and then it's like, okay, Brittany, like where are your priorities? Really? You know, like, what do you even, so. Yeah, that's so true. I put, I move my social medias to like my very back page Mm -hmm. because I used to, and I finally caught myself. I would just like open my phone for a text or something. And then I would be on Instagram. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, I would look to look at email, then I'd be on Instagram. It's yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Right. It's, it's an addicting device. It is. it is an addicting device, for sure. They're good at what they do. <laughs> All right. So how do, you, how do you enjoy your favorite foods? You know, because we all want to enjoy good foods. It's mm-hmm. part of life. It's Absolutely. awesome. How do you do it without the guilt and the regret? Because the guilt and the regret's the bad part about it. Mm-hmm. Like that, if you can't eat good foods without that... It's not worth it. Right. Um, I think for me, you know, the the first thing I try to do is try to make a healthier version of whatever that food is that I'm craving. Oh, okay. So if it's pizza, for example, you know, basically what I do is I, I break down pizza to, to what it is. It's some sort of crust with a sauce and toppings. Yeah. Put into the oven to make it crispy and crunchy and delicious. And so how can I remake it and use things that will give me that end result. So, you know, taking like a tortilla and putting it in the oven first to make it crispy and then topping it with, you know, maybe it's hummus instead of pizza sauce or oil or something like that. Or maybe it is oil. Maybe it's a homemade pesto sauce or maybe it's a healthier version of pizza sauce or maybe it is pizza sauce because I love it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, topping it with things that I love, you know, like pre-cooked chicken strips or um, like crumbled up, like ground up turkey or just a bunch of like fruits or not fruits, but a bunch of vegetables, you know, yeah. and then putting like a little, if I, if I'm eating cheese at that time, put cheese on it, or maybe I'm not, and maybe it's fresh basil. And then I pu- put it back in the oven, cut it up and it's like pizza, yes. um, you know, or making things like protein ice cream instead, or making a healthier version of an ice cream. Um, but I think, you know, the hardest thing for people, 
And for me, especially is like when you're out with friends, because food is such a communal thing, you know, and you never want to feel left out. It's such a social thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and you, and in the day and age now where people are so let's go grab happy hour drinks and, you know, and then you start drinking and then you start snacking and you're eating foods that you might not have been eating. If, if maybe if you weren't drinking, maybe you would be. Um, but you know, how can you go to a restaurant and still enjoy the, you know, enjoy your time with your friends and choose items on the menu that you know are going to not make you feel or leave you feeling guilty afterwards. Um, Or maybe if it's going out for ice cream with people, maybe you get sorbet instead of ice cream because you know dairy doesn't sit with you well. You know, sit with anyone well? I don't know. Yeah. If they are, maybe they're lying because it does not sit with me well. Right, me neither. Um, but yeah, so just like, you know, trying to choose and and consciously make those healthier choices when I'm out with friends or, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm out to dinner or making those healthier choices when I'm at home and not getting lazy and falling into the routine of just ordering something or doing takeout or something like that, but actually spending the time to create something beautiful and nutritious for you too. Yeah. And then, I mean, you created this whole thing, you know, all the ingredients and even if it's not the healthiest meal, then you probably don't feel any good with that. Like, you know, what was in it and right. you can enjoy that. Like you right. made this great creation. Right. So like, let's say you are going out with friends and mm-hmm. you have a fun thing planned. Yeah. Um, are there some go-tos that you, you'll order or drink that like, don't make you feel as bad or that you don't feel as guilty about having? Yeah, for sure. So, um, when it comes to drinking, um, I don't really drink a lot. When I do, uh, it's usually red wine. Yes. Um, if it's, yeah, I definitely, um, kind of a interesting side note, I actually have my level two sommelier certification. What? Yeah, so I haven't, you know, brushed up on my wine skills a ton, but that is, you know, the creation of wine is an art in and of itself, and I think it's fascinating. So that was, you know, something I wanted to do, so I did it. Um, What's a favorite wine, quick side note? Uh, probably like a really, really big juicy cab. Ooh, yeah. a juicy cab, a juicy huh? cab, juicy cab, a little bit of dryness kind of, I like those like darker, um, like those darker notes, like the dark chocolate and kind of that okay. smokiness. Do you have a brand name that like sticks out to you? Mm-hmm. If you were like to grab one, <sighs> there was one that I'm blanking on the name of right now, but I mean, I'll try almost any wine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what um, else? <laughs> and then, you know, when it comes to, you know, food, ordering food, if I'm going to order a salad, which I love salads regardless, I don't care. Like if you're going to tell me like, Oh, you're really getting a salad. Yes. Because I love salad. So like fight me on that if you want. But, (laughs) um, I always order the dressing on the side just because I know, you know, with restaurants, like you don't always know how much of everything that you're getting. So the more that you can break things down, you know, that you're ordering and that you're receiving on your plate, the, the more, aware you are going to be of what you're actually ingesting in your body. That's a great Um, point. You know, and then what I would recommend doing is go back to this mindset of palm, fist, fist, thumb. So if you take it, if you look at your hand, palm is typically about the size of the protein that should be on the plate. Fist is the size of the vegetable. And then fist is also the size of the carbohydrate. Or maybe you do another vegetable. vegetable, And then thumb is the fat. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's a really good way to kind of look at food from more of like a portion control standpoint. Um, or I usually just try to, you know, have a fourth of my plate be protein, half of it's vegetables. And then the other half is like a healthy carb or something. So whether that's That's fruit or a potato or whatever. Palm fist, fist. Thumb. Thumb. Yeah. For the fats. For the fats. That's good. And you know what? Like 
you know, some people for sure, like when I've been there, are just like, you know what, I just don't care. Like, I'm going to go out with my friends. I'm going to have fun, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, that's great. And if you can do it without feeling any guilt and you're just like, you know what, this time I'm going to let loose, that's mm-hmm. awesome. But if you're like feeling guilty the next day or like, oh my God, I ruined all my, then it's just not worth it. Like, you need to be able to do it without the guilt. Right. I mean, because like that, like we talked about that mindset right. of negativity and feeling guilty about food. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's a trap too. You know, it's a, I think it's, it initiates that downward spiral effect. Yeah. You know, the guilt part of it where, you know, if you are going to go out with your friends and indulge and have a great time, go ahead and do it, but realize that you're choosing to do those things. So you can choose the next morning to wake up and not feel guilty about it. That's true. And you can choose the mindset that you have moving forward. If you want to, you know, continue to not eat that great. Or if you want to, you know, just reset and just start new and just, Yesterday is in yesterday. Today is today, and tomorrow is tomorrow. And you can't do anything about either of those things. The only thing you can control is right here and right now. It takes awareness to see it that way. For it sure. does, yeah. and it takes a while to figure out that awareness. Yes. All right. So, what is a day like? What are you, what are some habits like? Morning routine. What's a day look like for Brit when you're on it? You when know, you're on, on seventy five hard. Oh yeah. You're not doing any BS. No. What are we doing? Um. So, morning routine is something that I've you know played with a lot, you know, what works for me, what doesn't work for me. Um, I will say that I started incorporating, um, tongue scraping into my routine, which is an Ayurvedic practice. And if you're into Chinese medicine at all, um, you know, it, when you wake up in the morning, there is a, what they, you know, the Ayurvedic in Ayurvedic practice, it's called ama on your tongue. And it's like, this just the, all the toxins in your body because your tongue and your feet are like two excretory systems along with like your bowels, right? And so that's those are all toxins that are caught up on your tongue like overnight. And so the minute that you start either drinking or eating something, you're just recycling those toxins back into your body. So um, I'll tongue scrape like right away when I wake up in the morning. Wow. I'll go fill up like a huge mason jar of water. Um, I'll warm it up in the microwave for like maybe two minutes, squeeze some fresh lemon in there. Always glass, never plastic because lemon isn't, is also like a detoxifier. So it pulls things out, which and will also pull plastic out. BPAs and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that you can get into with that, but, um, and then I'll drink, you know, at least 28 to 48 ounces of water, like right away in the morning, just to get nice. my body hydrated again. Um, And then I kind of give my body some time to like get hungry. I don't necessarily eat right away unless I'm, you know, I know I'm going to be out the door, but I always try to like prep my food beforehand if I leave, um, brush my teeth, you know, get ready for the day. Um, and the, the one thing that I, you know, before I even get out of bed in the morning or before I even go and like go to the bathroom and do my tongue scraping is, um, that sounds so weird saying it tongue out loud. Scraping. It does. I know. I told my, one of my friends the other day that I did, she's like, Oh my God, really? And I was like, yeah. Do you like enjoy it now? Does it feel I do. nice? Yeah, it yeah. does. It does. And it's, it just, it just, it feels like you're starting fresh. You yeah. Know? I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Craving. yeah. You have anyway. to do some research on it. Let me know what you think. Tongue scraping. Um, All right. But um, I started this note in my phone and um, it's titled TB2G. Thanks be to God. And I start my day with like three things that like I'm thankful for nice. like before I wake up out of bed. Um, and then I have the um, Jesus Calling Bible app on my phone. I used to have the book, but I gave it away to somebody, but I found that I had, I've, when I have it on my phone, I'm more likely to go back in the middle of the day and like go reread it if okay. I need that refresher. Um, 
So I'll just read through that and just kind of start my day off on that right foot of, you know, positivity, gratitude, and then go into the rest of my day. Gratitude. It's huge. Yeah. But yeah. And then like a day in the life, um, I try to, you know, stay hydrated throughout the day. Goal is a gallon of water, if not more, um, you know, nourish my body, nourish my mind. You working out every day? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with 75 hard, yes, right now I am, oh, yeah. I, I'm working out every day. Um, I do try to, um, I'm doing like one kind of like active movement, like yoga flow, just kind of like get my body loose and do more of like air, um, like air squats and body weight movement stuff yeah. just to kind of give my body a break. But walking every day is awesome. It's so medicinal. Yeah, for, for sure. The mind and for the body. If you and could get your shoes off too and just walk in yeah. the world, that'd be yeah. Awesome. On the beach would be better. Yeah, on the Florida, beach. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, work out every day and feels good. Yeah, just rocking it. How do you stay consistent? Like with the seventy-five hard and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so hard to do it every day. How do you? How do you keep the energy up? Yeah. Um, the consistency and, you know, especially with 75 hard, you know, it's once you tell yourself that you're going to do something, you do it. Um, for me, a big part of just like staying consistent in working out is routine and integrity, you know, finding workouts that you love to do, you know, a lot you get the question. I'm sure you do. I do all the time of like, what's the best workout and what's the best diet? Well, the best workout is something that you love to do. Like, how do you love to move your body? If you hate being on the Stairmaster, why are you doing it? Yes. You know, and if you hate eating spinach, why are you eating spinach? You know, right. There's thing. there's other ways that I'm not going to say get around it, but you can customize it and make it completely and ultimately yours. Um, the best diet is the one you're going to adhere to and exactly. actually follow, make it yours. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And just, I constantly asking myself, like, how do I want to show up today? How do I want to be the best version of myself? What can I do today to make myself better for tomorrow? You know, and what, what am I doing today that others aren't so I can be better tomorrow when others can't, yeah. you know, not that it's this like me versus you mentality, but sometimes having that, that little competitive thought, that competitive edge every single day really helps me, you know, to keep going and to stay consistent with the workouts. But it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you're very aware and you're always like being thoughtful with your, you know, practicing thankful or whatever, like mm-hmm. with your thoughts and your notes, like, cause it's so hard to stay consistent and it's really impressive yeah. that you do. Uh, so it just sounds like you're really thinking about it. Right. And one of the things too, you know, with, um, 75 hard, just having, even just having like those five tasks every single day of like a checklist of things that like you do every single day that you string together along that becomes a habit. You yeah. know, a lot of people say that it takes 21 days to create a habit. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, I think it takes longer, especially, you know, depending on how much you've been through, depending yeah. on how severe the things that you're dealing with have an impact on you. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, Success is found in the monotonous. Yeah, for sure. It's that at the end of the day, like that's what it is. It's it's the consistent persistency in what you do every single day that gets you to where you want to be. You know, it's mm. doing the things. It's waking up and doing the things that you don't want to do. It's waking up and knowing that you're not going to always have the motivation within you, but it's the habits that you create that get you to that point. Yes. You know, power of habit. Yes. Make your good habits, you know, present. Like uh, if your bad habit is watching TV. 
put the TV in not a great place or hide the remote or make your bad habits difficult and make right. your good habits easy and just there. Accessible, for like sure. if you want to learn how to play the piano, put the piano right in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. Just stuff like that. I, I totally agree though. Yeah. Habits are so important. All right, Britt, I got a couple more questions for you yep. before you get out of here. Um, just two bucks. Let's get a couple book recommendations. Two books. Or any, just even one, a book that has just changed you that you really recommend to others. Um, so two for sure that I have read recently that I totally would recommend. Um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Ooh. Dr. Joe Dispenza. He is a fantastic psychologist and like talks a lot about the mindfulness and, you know, the how you are, you know, who you are at your root self and who you are to the world and lessening that gap. So it can be, so who you are is who you are to the world, right? So there's no, there's not a ton of space in between those two things where that's where I, in my opinion, a lot of people have that, you know, fear of what are people really going to think of me? Yeah. You know, the closer who you are to who you are to the world is the more comfortable and more confident you can be. That's awesome. Um, the other really awesome thing about, you know, breaking the habit of being yourself, that book, I went through yoga teacher training okay. and that book really kind of like brought things full circle for me because I'm such a science mind and I'm also an intuitive mind. Like there's, there's this weird balance between, but that book really just kind of brought the, those yogic ideas like full circle for me in a way that I don't think could have, you know, taking that course. But yeah. the other, the other book that, I would recommend is The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Okay. Um, I read that. That was one of my first books on 75 Hard that I read the first time through. Um, and that, you know, brought me to tears at many points um, because it, I mean, Brene Brown is a shame and guilt researcher. She mm-hmm. researches shame and guilt in it. You know, it came at a time in my life where I was dealing with shame and guilt again in a different way. And it, it just opened my eyes and gave me more perspective to, you know, be okay with sitting with the feelings of shame and guilt. Like you're allowed to feel those things, Yeah. you know, just like you're allowed to feel happy and sad or frustrated or mad. Like you don't have to hide those things. Everybody deals with it. Yeah. You know? So that's really cool. Just kind of give you the power to really yeah. allow yourself to feel those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's self-talk like we were talking about. There's a cool uh, doctor I follow, Dr. Tommy John, and he talks mm-hmm. about feeling pain. He's yeah. like with his athletes, he's like, I don't like CBD oils or all these BS things because he's like, I want to feel the pain. That means there's something off in my system. Mm-hmm. And when we feel it, mm-hmm. we allow ourselves to heal and grow and like right. work it. Which I think is cool. I mean, it might not be practical in all scenarios, but very cool mindset and kind of the same. Like, feel your feelings. Absolutely. Right? For sure. All right, Brittany. Well, um, it's an honor having you here. I I love following you. I love what you're doing. You got Brit's Kitchen or Brit's Bitchin' Kitchen. Brit's Bitchin' Kitchen. Don't get that wrong. And just everything you do on social media, putting out the right energy in the world. So I'm really grateful for that. And thanks for coming on. Thanks. Absolutely. I appreciate you too. I appreciate that. All right. Last question here for Brittany before she gets out of here. Um, you're down the road mm-hmm. and you have three kids. Yep. And you got your family. You've done everything you want to do. You created this humongous cooking business mm-hmm. and you're just crushing it. Um, and you can only tell your kids three things. Mm-hmm. You know, for whatever reason, you get three lessons to give them to help them happy, healthy, fulfilled. 
and just help them uh, become the person they want to be? What are what are those few things or three things? Yeah. Um, so number one is know your values. Know your values. Know your values. Because um, your values ultimately dictate your attitude, which dictates your actions and the energy that you create within yourself and the energy that creates outside of, your, of yourself and the effect that you have on others. Mm. Um, and I would always tell them, remember how you do anything is how you do everything. Ooh, I like that. Um, the second would be to do whatever it takes. Um, this was actually something that my grandfather um, taught me and has kind of been like one of our family sayings is um, doing whatever it takes, which, you know, like you could say work hard, which I feel like is kind of cliche. Not that it is not valuable, but doing whatever it takes with yourself, doing whatever it takes to develop yourself, doing whatever it takes in your relationships, doing whatever it takes in your job and your passions and your ideas and your aspirations, you know, and that's so different for every single person. Um, And the third would be to don't be afraid to fail forward and learn to enjoy it. So putting yourself out there, learning as much as you can, being okay that you're going to, okay knowing that you're going to fail, but enjoy the process of doing it and enjoy the process of becoming it. Brittany Falk, everybody. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right, this is usually when the podcast ends, but Brittany and I were talking off the air a little bit, and I thought you guys might enjoy it. So here's a sneak peek, little extra seven minutes, if you're still around, and uh, thank you for listening. Especially after like a really high intensity cardio day, and like you're laying there, and just like your heart's like, you know, and it's like, that's like that feeling of like, like I've just I've just tapped into a new p- level of potential that yeah. like now this is my new step. Yeah. Gosh. And everything that I've done before is like behind me. Yeah. Not to say that like is gone cuz like you can go back and look down at how many steps you've you've gotten to but you know that going back down like you can't go back down there and have the same experience anymore. Yeah. You have to keep going up to have better and more experiences. Right. You know? You have to keep moving forward. You have to. There's no, like, there's no option. Like, when you ask the question, like, what if you just stopped? You wouldn't be able to. It's not even an option. No, it's not even an option. Like, I can't. So where does that drive come from, like, for anyone? Like, how do, why do some people have that need to grow? And some people are just like, you know what, I'm chilling. I don't know. I think it's like a feeling. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I don't, I, I think it's almost some negative, it's a, a good feeling, but like I get stressed out when I'm not moving forward. Yeah. It's bad. Like if I'm just like, if I can't I'll barely take three days and do nothing uh-huh. and I feel like shit if I'm yeah. not writing, if I'm turning my podcast, if I'm not doing golf, like, mm-hmm. and it, I don't know, it, it needs to be able to be turned off, whatever it is. Yeah. Because. But do you think that would be a good thing? I don't, I wouldn't get as much done. I wouldn't be on the path that I'm on trying to do the things I'm mm-hmm. doing, maybe. I think that's like the Steve Jobs thing. Like, uh, Steve Jobs lived Apple, and mm-hmm. he created this amazing thing, but he was absolutely insane. He didn't have a healthy lifestyle at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, he just was work. Work with right. Steve Jobs. And maybe it takes that to create a, a company that changed the world. Maybe it takes that amount of, like, work and drive. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're not able to like, you know, spend 
take weekends off and live with your family yeah. and accomplish what some people can accomplish. Maybe right. you can't. I don't know. But this is the thing, though. Like, I think you have to be able to pour into yourself. Yeah. In order for you to give to other people. Like, you, ha- you have to. And I've experienced kind of recently, like, a, a time where I was just so drained and just so, like, there's I don't have anything left to give, like... I have nothing to say. I didn't like where you just like don't feel like motivational. You don't feel like yeah. you're making an impact. And, you know, it. it's you can't just continue to give, 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 give and not give back to yourself because. So how do you how do you pour back into yourself? I think for me, you know, like we talk about routine, it's like the habits. Like, what do you do for yourself in the times that you're not doing things for other people? Yeah. Working for me, working out is doing things for me. Yeah. You know, I mean. So when I, like, when life is normal, when the world is normal and we're not in this whole corona thing, whatever, um, you know, like, there was a point where I was working, like, 70 hours a week. Jeez. And, but, like, necessary, needed to, to pay my bills, to do the things that I wanted to do, whatever. But what I realized is that I started to identify myself in the work and I was busy by just working and just telling myself, oh, like I'm being productive because I'm at work. Yeah. Even though I'm not being productive in the things that I know I need to be productive in and move forward in my life. Yes. Like Brit's Bitch and Kitchen and helping people with nutrition and helping people with wellness and, and being that light and that light source. And so now, you know, like this pers- like this shift has really helped me to see, okay, you're at work, you're doing your things, but do you really need to be picking up that shift? Or do you really need to be working 70 hours a week to like, you know, like, can you live more minimally, like financially? Yes. Like, can you live more, you know, things Being like planning. that? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I think it's, it's just, you ask yourself, like, what do I, what do I do for myself to fill my cup back up? For me, it's spending time with my friends and family, spending time in my faith, doing things that I love to do, exploring and, you know, taking the time to do those things. But then, you know, just being mindful of your time and you the awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the huge thing because, like, like you're saying, if we both, I work in the PJ, which I want to build a career in, yes, yeah. but that's not what, like, what I really want to do, like yeah. nutrition in the podcast, right? And then you're doing you the same thing, and it's like, so now you take your 45, 50 hours from work, and now mm-hmm. you have your extra time to do your other stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, now we have you have your relationships, your personal mm-hmm. relationships, your family and friend, and like finding the balance there because oh, if yeah. I'm not doing my personal stuff, I'm doing my relationship, mm-hmm. and maybe I need to be spending the time doing my personal right. business stuff. And you know what I mean? And it's like mm-hmm. give and take like you're talking about. It's such it a delicate thing. It is. But I think also, you know, that's what life is about. It's finding the balance. It's just enjoying the process of doing it and trying to make the best out of every single situation, you know, yeah. and not getting too caught up in like the finite, the minute details that right, yeah, can really take away from the joy in doing it. Yeah, you yeah. have to enjoy it too. Yeah, yeah. there's got to be joy. Yeah, but people get caught up, especially you know. I think I don't want to say our age people, but you know, people who in the dating world, you know, well, he has to have this, or she has to look like that, or she has to, you know, have this job, or he has to, you know, have done that in his life, and it's like, why? Yeah, what matters? Why? Yeah, you know, I don't know. No, that's something that with the podcast, especially like I'm only I'm really striving to not go for people that just because they have a reputation or a following or something like people that I think are doing the right things. Mm -hmm. And like 
it just doesn't matter. Like I like younger people who are just like with the right mindset, mm-hmm. you know, or not, there's no right mindset, but just the mindset that I appreciate. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's hard because like, sure, it's cool to get all, you know, famous, mm-hmm. whatever, but it's important. Like what, who cares what someone's, mm-hmm. who cares if someone's good at a sport and they have a following now? Right. Like who are they? Right. Exactly. Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Not what you do, not you know your hobbies not what you wear like who are you like from a personal perspective yeah that's cool and that's a wrap my friends thank you so much for listening and go follow Brittany on social media it's at Brittany Falk and if you made it this far and you haven't leaven us a review or a rating yet on Apple Podcasts, please do that it really helps us boost up and grow and reach more people Anyway, have an amazing day. Appreciate you guys. And let's go get it.